0: Also, uh, there will be this afternoon, uh, Doyle Carter will be bringing us the title Rejoice at the Feast. Doyle, come on in. Right, wow, what an introduction. If you didn't know who the janitor of the church was, is, was, you know who he is now. This time the iPad actually has a purpose. Usually I carry it just as a backup, but somebody has already dismantled his computer as of last night and had some new ideas when he practiced. So give me my backup for the Bible here. Ah, I'll leave that there. There. Today I want to speak on something that's very relative to the situation today. To rejoice at the feast. It's only 36, uh, I think it's only 36 hours away, something like that. For some of us, it's probably a little shorter, because of, like, I'm going to be going down this evening. I know some people are going down to Wagner this afternoon, so it just depends on your perspective. But we are, just to get started, basically we see in First Thessalonians 5.16, Paul was inspired to tell them to rejoice always. And we also see, to continue to the next one, Psalms 105, verse 3, or 105. Glory in his, na- his holy name, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. So we're called to always rejoice before the Lord anyway, on a daily basis, sometimes depending on the situation, a minutely or maybe hourly basis, depending on whatever goes on. And we're to realize that God is there to assist us; He provides our needs, and that He's there. But also, He has a promise for us, so our future is determined for us. That we have a kingdom of God waiting. So we got a lot of reasons to rejoice before the Lord on a daily basis. As Sean went in about a month ago, I think it was a month ago. I had to look up the actual uh, title. See, I always remember the context; I don't always remember the titles. Uh, so when I went online, I I found it. Basically, Sean spoke on, are you excited? And he had talked about how we should prepare for the feast. As I said, it's 36 hours away. It'll be tomorrow night. And and in this case, it's right on top of us at this point. So at this point, any preparation should have been done. But we are commanded. To rejoice at the feast. We have two, I have two specific places I want to go to just review this commandment. It says in Leviticus 23, verse 40 through 41. And I want to give you a second there. There you go. See, I cheat. I actually just print up the scripture on a piece of paper and go on. So, Except for this one time on one of them. In verse 40, I want to go ahead and, for the sake of the point, I'll just go ahead and go to the latter part of the verse. It says, And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Feast of tabernacles. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year, and it shall be a statue forever in your generations. And you shall celebrate it in the seventh month. I would like also to go to Deuteronomy 16. And in verse thirteen, it said, uh, my main point here was that you shall observe the Feast of Tabernacles seven days. In verse 15, though, it says, seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord your God in a place which He which the Lord chose chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all your in all the works of your hands, so you shall surely rejoice. You're commanded to rejoice. And he said he'll bless. And also I noticed last night, it says in a place that he has chosen. You can interpret that however, but like say we got options of Branson, Wagner, various places like that that have been chosen. So we're commanded to rejoice for seven days. It's That's not a problem with me. After keeping it for 29 years, that's a fun thing for me. (laughs) A lot of good memories. But I got four points I want to consider on how we can rejoice at the feast. And the first one, which I kind of touched on a little earlier when I talked about all the things, the blessings on a daily basis, the first one is that we go there for seven days to learn the purpose of of God's, or God's plan and the kingdom of God and his purpose for our lives. We've got seven days free of the world overall. Basically, because like I said, we go to a place where, you have cho- where he has chosen. So we get to get away from our world temporarily. And we get to hear sermons, study, do personal meditation, get together, talk about it. And I I just thought today we'd get a little glimpse of what you will hear. A little, just a synopsis. In Isaiah 2, 2 through 4, just to get an idea of what will be said. And just to get a little glimpse of some of the, the hope that we definitely have. It says, And it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge many nations and, shall re- and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war, war anymore. So basically in the kingdom of God, one of the hopes we're looking, for, looking forward to is that there will be no more war. When you turn on the news, you won't hear anything about ISIS or whatever is going on in the world. Or, like I read in the BBC about some African nation now going back into another civil war. A, fra- a little fraction is happy with who became leader, so now they're going to fight. You also see the word of God, the word of the Lord will come out of, of Jerusalem. Instead of being shunned like it is in our society and the world, it will actually go out. People will come to Jerusalem and say, teach us the way. That's definitely a hope to go to. That is definitely. When you got good news in the world instead of bad news. The second and second way of rejoicing is we get a chance to be with friends and family. People we haven't seen for a while. And family in my case I had in the notes was extended family. Could be somebody that's not really like blood rated but somebody you consider like a family that you may have met several years at the feast. You get to have a little wine, sit on their balcony and talk about the world if you want or something like that. Or go out to a like many of the feast sites, like Branson has, has various activities that allow us to go on and fellowship together, to build memories. And we also, like Branson and others, it's just time to get together. At seven days we all together together, we get the chance to be together, and like I already know somebody in our audience who brought his fishing boat, who plans to uh, do some fishing. <laughs> and have a fish fry at somebody's feast site. Can I go to your feast site instead? (laughs) Gary? No, I think I'm already committed. I think Dale Dale and Ian would kind of get a little irritated. (laughs) Because I remember fish fries at Lake Texoma. Various guys would actually go out and go fishing, and they were actually awesome times to fellowship, get together. You also had pretty good cooks. Like I said, I'm a single guy. What do you expect? I think that what? And like I've already being, already won the point. This point, we can rejoice by the fact that we have taken a break from the world. We don't go to work. We go to a place that has been chosen by God, or at least where we know to go. And we don't work. In my case, I paid my rent this morning, and since I dropped the check off, at least. But you have all your business done, so you can just rejoice, relax, get away from the world, draw near to God. If you have to, you know, if you feel like, you know, if you have a need that's your time to focus without the world without the actual world pulling on you because on our daily lives the world pulls on us all the time and beca- like uh, yesterday when an emergency order came up from work and I worked a couple extra hours and it was fine but it's just the chaos and I came home tired where at the feast you're tired because you've been out too much having fun, it's the other way around <laughs> And the, the, the fourth item I had, because I only had four, was that you have, the. Let's see, how would I always say this? It gives us an opportunity to serve one another if you are inclined or, or would like to do so. Because we know in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God, we will be active in the sense of serving. As I say, we'll be kings and priests. Let's go into that. This is where the iPad comes in. See, I knew this thing had a purpose sometime. In, uh, in Revelation 20, verse 6, talking about, basically, basically okay. blessed and holy is he that has place in the first resurrection, which is what we all hope to be in, and what the, the Feast of Tabernacles represents, the beginning, just the beginning of the kingdom of God, on such the second death has no power, but they shall they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And the millennium will be active as it stands. And then the feast gives us an opportunity to serve one another. And it doesn't have to be something major like a usher or anything like that. You might run into someone who may have had a rough year. And they may need just someone a listening ear that they know. You might, like I say, sit on the balcony with a glass of wine and sit back and talk about life. Edify, you know, encourage them. They may have just had a rough year. You could be, you can serve in multiple ways. Like say ushers, you can help with encouraging someone, just being there. Basically, as I like Steve's sermon, be part of the kingdom solution. I like that sermon, that was a good way to put it. Which will lead to my, my title for whoever's going to be there next time. That's my, what I'll be speaking on. So basically, I, uh, let's rejoice at the feast. And to recap the four points. First, we're there to learn about God's purpose for us and the kingdom of God. The glorious purpose. Where we're going to learn when we can actually make changes in a practical manner. And, he'll, and God will bring peace to the world. And everybody will know his word. Second, we'll, we, can, we can spend time with family and friends we may not have seen for years. Because I know last year I saw someone I haven't seen for ten years. He just came to Branson arbitrarily. I don't know why he did. And he said, Doyle, you haven't changed a bit in ten years. It's like, okay, whatever. I've gone grayer, but whatever. <laughs> but then, but we, get to, we can spend time with friends and family during that time. Third, we get a time away from the world. We get away from the cares of the world. We don't pay the bills. We don't worry about going to work. We don't worry about a lot of things. We have other worries, but it won't be this, our daily mundane life. And fourth, if you are inclined to, you can serve. Just like, the, you will, just like the rehearsal will be at the Feast of Tavern. It's a, since the feast is a rehearsal, what I'm trying to say is, if you serve, you're just kind of practicing for the future when you serve in the kingdom. So basically, I want to encourage everyone to rejoice at the feast, enjoy themselves, make it one of the, one of the many... Or, the reason I said that, I'll back up. I was going to say, I, last year I said it was the best feast ever. Well, the problem with that, I've had 29 feasts. I can actually have several that can actually match that one just as well. So what I would say is, is make this one of the best feasts ever. And rejoice before God for seven days and enjoy the the commandment he gave us. And I just want to wish everybody a safe trip to the feast. Have a wonderful time. And may we meet back in about, I think it's two weeks or so.